Hi, everyone. Today, I wanted to talk to you about the history of behavioral treatment programs and what it means for you as parents. The reason I bring this up today is there's a new book out called Troubled, The Failed Promise of America's Behavioral Treatment Programs. It's written by Kenneth Rosen. He's a well-regarded journalist who works for Newsweek, and it's getting a fair amount of play due to his background and the stance he's taken on this industry. Unfortunately, it's very negative. As you know, I'm a parent who invested in my child's future by sending her to both wilderness therapy and residential treatment. Noting I'm someone who has developed strong relationships in this industry through this podcast, coaching and further training, I have a strong point of view on this topic. Though the author's points of view have merit on the whole, I don't agree with his assessment. It's enough of a counterpoint of view that I felt I needed to address it on this podcast so you can assess and make your own determinations. The backstory is Kenneth Rosen was sent to wilderness therapy by his parents when he was 16, way back in 2007, 14 years ago. He apparently didn't have a great experience and so he doesn't have a good opinion of any remote behavioral therapy programs. So to write this book, which I have read, he interviewed nearly 100 children, parents, and workers who have or are still involved in the industry. The book highlights the experiences of four selected individuals who were sent to get therapy by their parents to further demonstrate his negative view. If you read this book or listen to his interviews, especially if you don't know much about this industry, you will likely get a bad impression and question sending your child to any of these therapeutic offerings. I believe there needs to be a more balanced point of view. So let me share with you my interpretation of Ken Rosen's views. Hopefully, as you listen, you can process this information for yourself and make your own evaluation and judgment that works for you and your family. I will keep my initial reaction short and sweet so it's plain and clear. Very simply, this book is written based upon experiences from over 10 years ago. The industry has come a long way regarding standards and quality of care. This is because as the industry has grown, parents, state agencies, providers, trade groups, and others have weighed in and created a better and more supportive environment for children that has resulted in better outcomes overall. Note, I don't dispute the credibility of the stories the author shares. They're simply not representative of what I believe children and their parents by and large experience today. The industry started as an extension of Outward Bound. Not all of you may know that. Some of the programs actually had some religious affiliations. Historically, without any standards, some unsavory things did occur. In the past 15 years or so, the industry has cleaned itself up. That being said, there's still no uniform national set of regulations nor a national certifying body. So there is still some work to do. Megan Stokes, the executive director of the biggest trade organization in this space, NATSAP, which is the National Association of Therapeutic Schools and Programs, has indicated the industry is moving forward to further standardize its programs and offerings. And they're leading the way in many of these efforts. So I wanted to think of a good analogy here to drive this point home. And this is what I came up with. If you were a college student from 2007 to 2010 or somewhere in that range, in the timeframe the author generally references and we're pledging to be accepted in a fraternity or sorority to gain admission and acceptance, you were probably hazed. Today, most of that behavior isn't viewed as appropriate nor tolerated. 
The same is true at behavioral treatment programs. Children were often treated more aggressively to get the responses that they wanted. But what remains the same is that these programs maintain boundaries and rules for the children that are sometimes challenging for them, which is intentional. What's different is how these boundaries are enforced and used as learning opportunities. In the book and in his interviews for shock value, Mr. Rosen starts by sharing his experience being transported to wilderness therapy. His position is that it's a kidnapping given two men came to his house in the middle of the night to take him away from his home in New Jersey to a wilderness location in Utah. Prior to that evening, he hadn't been at home for several nights, choosing to stay with friends rather than to be with his family. He suggests that taking someone away from their home environment against their will is traumatic and counterproductive. His perspective is people can't rehabilitate if it's done against their will. Subsequent, he discusses how he suffered when at wilderness therapy. He was upset that he was sent away and had, air quote, plans that were disrupted. Note, these plans were missing a party he was looking forward to. It was not about being a productive member of society. He felt that the counselors there were not fully trained nor qualified to handle children with emotional distress. He felt he wasn't listened to, and once he returned home, he had trouble fitting back in and reintegrating with his family, social network, and school. He clearly carries these feelings to this day. Rather than embrace his journey and opportunities for therapy at the time, he suggests the solution is for parents to listen and help their children more and find other options therapeutically. For those of you who know me personally or through this podcast, you know I'm biased. I had an overall good experience in this space. I was a parent, not a child, who went away, but was pleased with the decision which occurred in 2018 far more recent than what Mr. Rosen encountered. And I was pleased with the process and the outcomes. My daughter felt the same way and still does. It wasn't easy though. In fact, it was a pretty bumpy ride, but given where things started as compared to where they ended up, it was well worth it in my view. But my bias is not unfounded. I've spoken with dozens and dozens of parents and children who by and large had a good experience. They too felt they had exhausted any and all other options, and so it was the right decision. This is for both children and parents alike. Those who felt behavioral treatment programs were worthwhile tended to exhibit the following characteristics. There are four of them. One, parents and children both recognized they had a big communication chasm as things spiraled. This shouldn't be a surprise. Parents weren't fully attuned to their children, but children were also out of touch. This is primarily because they were struggling as they tried to cope with their mental illness or other challenges. Number two, children were willing to make changes to improve their situations. When sent away, they had an opportunity to wake up and make a change. Those who take advantage of the opportunity presented to them do well while those who remain belligerent have a longer and harder path. These kids are often the ones who post on message boards about their negative experiences. Number three, Parents were willing to hold the line with their children while they were away. They listened to and adhered to the advice given to them by the therapists. They didn't cave when their children complained about being away or their treatment. In other words, they allowed the therapeutic process to take its full time or effect. Number four, parents engaged fully to get their own therapy. 
I can't emphasize enough how important this one is. They believe that their challenges were family issues, not just their child's issue. They acknowledged that without parent coaching, parents would fall into the same habits and return to many of the same problems as when their children were sent away. So that's why I was truly inspired to open my own parent coaching practice and recently secure my parent coaching certification. I want to see that parents are able to enjoy the same benefits of parent coaching that I received and that so many others have received. So overall, though far from perfect, when and where appropriate, my belief is that wilderness therapy, residential treatment, and therapeutic boarding schools offer far more value for families and their children. Of course, if you have the ability to make other forms of local therapy work so you don't need to pursue and send your child away, more power to you. This includes family therapy, which we highlighted on a recent episode. Do that first. Let me repeat, do that first. That's what we did. Though it helped, it wasn't enough to be a sustainable solution for us, however, but we tried. But if it can work for you, it will save you on emotional energy, time, and money. But wilderness therapy, residential treatment, and therapeutic boarding schools do serve a purpose and help thousands and thousands of families and children. However, as with anything else in life, you get out what you put into something. Life is a bell curve. There are some people and programs that are excellent and some that aren't so good. Most are average. As a result, those children who often do best are those whose parents are engaged in their success. That means they're involved in their school's PTA, directly support their kids' activities, and are in touch with other parents. These are the parents who can find the best programs or teachers for their children or best coaches as well. They are attuned and in tune without being overbearing. Similarly, those parents who are fully engaged in the process find their success is far higher. Surprise. This means they do their homework with their educational consultants to find the right programs. They talk to other parents whose kids have gone through the programs and ask the challenging questions needed to determine fit. Most importantly, they engage to determine which primary therapist their child will be working with. Having the right therapist is so important. Given this, let me provide you some additional feedback about Kenneth Rosen. These don't refer to the time frame and are time tested. First, I recognize from the book that at no point does he take responsibility for his part in his development. Instead, he blames his parents and the wilderness therapy, residential treatment and therapeutic boarding schools. No matter what his age or maturity level, he played a part in this story and needed to take some responsibility for his actions before, during and after his experience at wilderness therapy. The same is true for all his selected case studies. It was always somebody else's fault. Second, the situations Kenneth shared were pretty extreme. These included parents who were in jail or drug addicts or not involved in their children's lives altogether. The odds for these children to succeed given the environment was lower than those with a more solid family unit, which is the case for most children who go away for treatment. In addition, like Kenneth, we had a transportation company come to our home to escort our daughter, and it was frightening. Mr. Rosen referred to it as kidnapping, but
but let me tell you, children who have experienced this come out ahead if it's the right thing for them. We elected to go this route because we cared about our daughter's safety. Let me repeat this. It was about our daughter's safety, nothing else. This was the best route to get her to wilderness therapy, given we weren't in a position to gain her consent, given her mental state and where we both were with our strained communications. Of course, this was traumatic for her as it was for us that evening, but it was the right choice. It wasn't about convenience. It was understanding it would not be possible or safe for us to transport her. If it was, we certainly would have done so. I speak to many parents and one of their first questions is often about transportation. They're concerned about how they and their children will feel if their children is, are kidnapped in the middle of the night. Once I share, they should in fact transport them on their own if they believe they can gain consent and do it safely. They do it, no question. However, if not, they have the transportation service option. Once I explain this, most parents have a better understanding and are more comfortable and with this point of view. It's worth noting, Kenneth didn't complete his first wilderness therapy experience. For some reason, his parents decided to bring him home after a number of weeks, but before therapy was completed. So he didn't get the full experience. As a result, it shouldn't be a surprise that he ended up going back for a second and even third stint. He then didn't go to residential treatment or therapeutic boarding schools. Instead, he came home and struggled as his school didn't allow him to re-enroll and his friendships had changed. So he ended up at a local community college and continued to struggle with his friendships and familial relationships. Let me tell you this, doing half the work is not enough. Wilderness therapy is a reset button only. It's a chance to be removed from a toxic environment and associated stressors. In a matter of several weeks, it enables children to start moving forward and building the skills to reintegrate in success, but it's not the full therapeutic process for a child. Residential treatment or therapeutic boarding schools are longer engagements from nine months to several years, and it teaches children how to better manage their emotions, interact, engage, and prosper. Kenneth missed out on this critical piece of the puzzle. So to summarize, I want to encourage parents to take in all the information they can to make a decision that's right for them and their children. A big part of the reason my wife and I started this podcast was to make relevant information more easily available to parents. I'm certainly not suggesting sending your child away for advanced therapy, that it's the right solution for you and your children. It may be, it may not be, but it's an option that can work if you make the right choices and engage in and follow the process. If anyone listening has any thoughts or questions about my commentary here, please feel to contact me at andy at parentsjourney.net or my phone number is 770-633-2260. Thank you.